Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Welcome, everybody, to the season finale of the Lazy Geeks podcast here on the Lazy Geeks Network. Yeah! Yeah! Summertime! (laughs) Summer, summertime! Summertime! (laughs) Just sit back and rewind. I'm sorry. (laughs) Here it is. It's crude. (laughs) Dude, that was the jam back in the day. Hey, hey, fuck back in the day. If that came on right now, I would. Oh, yeah. Shit. It was just such like a smooth jam. Yeah, I still put it on too. Like, like when it's like, it feels like summer, you just kind of put that on just because, you know, it's like, yeah, that's the shit right there. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, we obviously, you know, this is our last podcast for the month of August, and then we take our month break. And we'll be back in October. Uh, but in the meantime, in between, we will have, of course, our Lazy Geeks Rewind. And we've already done recordings for those episodes. So, yeah, next month is going to be pretty chill for us. Although we do have a surprise for everybody this week. Uh, I know this first Friday in October was supposed to be the beginning of our Rewind. But... Adam and I kind of like, all right, you know, maybe it's too much punishment to, you know, keep you guys completely silenced on one particular podcast. So we're going to have a surprise for you coming this Friday. Not going to tell you what it is. You just have to tune in on Friday to check it out. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of you will be happy about that. So, yay. (laughs) So, yeah, so you won't go completely in October, which means that the first Friday of of October will be the end of the reruns, and then we'll start on the first full week. So that's how this one's going to run. So we have a so tune in on Friday for our special 
our special surprise for you guys. Kind of our, you know, thanks for listening. So hopefully this will tie you over until we return. Uh, but on top of that, we have some very sad news that just kind of broke before we got onto the show. Uh, basically famed um, horror icon Wes Craven passed away after a battle with brain cancer on Sunday, which is, which we found out basically within the last hour. He was 76. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter uh, is you know goes through his his uh, film chronology, which of course in the 70s he did you know Last Last House on the Left, which he co-wrote, directed, and edited. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes mm-hmm. in 1977. But of course, most people, especially with pop culture, will remember his 1984 classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original one, which he wrote and directed. Uh, iconic movie. Uh, he's had kind of a strained relationship with that film and the studio behind it, which I think was Lionsgate. I can't remember. I think it was, too. Yeah. It, it, I've, I know some of the newer ones were Lionsgate. I don't know if it was Lionsgate all the way back. Right. And if you there was a there is a documentary on the whole Nightmare on Elm Street saga, which Russ Craven did an interview with. That thing is long. It's like four hours, but it goes through everything. Uh, He had nothing to do with the sequel. He actually had a fight with the uh, studio head at the time, and they went and did the very campy and very (laughs) uh, funny, but not in a good way. Yeah, Elm Street 2. He did conceive and co-write Nightmare on Elm Street 3. And he did come back to write and direct Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. And yeah, he actually had, according to some reports, he has a movie that's supposed to debut later next month that he completed. Uh, Let's see if I can find that here. Um, Let's see. Um... I remember reading that somewhere where he had a film that was slated to debut at a film festival next month, but I can't seem to really find it right now. But, uh, yeah, it's very, very sad loss. You know, Adam and I were just kind of like, oh, and also the Scream series, of course, you know. Right. Uh, and it was kind of one of those things where Adam actually saw it and he was like, what? And I was like, and I didn't even know he was sick. Like, I didn't even know he was you know uh, yeah well he's not he wasn't the type that you would you would see in fucking tmz all the time bullshitting around right you know so i don't know man it sucks though yeah it's very sad news especially with uh especially because he has been responsible for such you know iconic movies he even uh produced the remakes of his original films the hills have eyes and last house on the left so it's uh it's it's a sad it's sad news for everybody, especially if you're a horror fan or even just a uh, a film fan. So, uh, very sad news to start off the podcast. So, on that note, we'll uh, get to some some housekeeping. Actually, uh, last week on Cult of the Fanboy, we did a story about George Miller, who directed uh, Max. Mad Max. Oh, my God. I almost said Max Payne. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait, did I miss that? No. Max, uh, Mad Max, Fury Road, that he was tied to possibly direct Man of Steel 2. Now, in the podcast, Adam and I said that it is a little much premature uh, to 
talk about a Man of Steel 2. Yeah. Because it's, there's nothing until, you know, 2020. But after the podcast was recorded, it seems that the rumor mill has tweaked a little bit, saying that he may possibly direct a movie within the DC universe, and that in that specific realm of Man of Steel 2 is permanently on hold. So I'm not exactly sure why people are giving a bunch of explanations as to why they think basically saying that, you know, Superman's kind of a weak superhero in movie in movie terms mm-hmm. and that, you know, with his character, it's possible that they're going to focus on all the other characters and that he may be involved in some of these other stories as opposed to having another Man of Steel movie. Uh, that's, that's always been a problem with Superman. But I think the big issue would be is if you're going to do a Man of Steel 2, you're going to have – and you're using him to anchor all the basis for all the other movies that are coming out. I think you need to have a really good story. Yeah. We, we, and we're seeing Lex Luthor already in Batman v Superman, which, okay, yeah, that's fine and Danny, and I think that's okay in that aspect. But we cannot have another Lex Luthor villain Superman movie. I mean, he has, you know, I would love to see a Doomsday. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, it would be cool, but it would almost feel like they were moving ahead a little too fast. But I think that would only really affect the comic book fans. True. Because Doom. I mean, you know, second yeah. movie, and all of a sudden he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it happens. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to, to superheroes it happens a lot. Exactly. You know. It's, and so, you know, there's always been – it's funny, too, because, like, with movies, they always say, like, you know, Superman's the hardest one to do. And and it's true because, you know, he's a he's a goody-good, and he's pretty much impervious to anything. Yeah. So it makes it really hard to raise the stakes unless you're doing, like, Man of Steel. And I think the criticism of, like, the, oh, you have to destroy, like, the entire city and stuff like that, it's like, it's Superman. You're you're having fights between gods. Of course, it's going to be that chaotic, that dramatic. I think. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. Is yeah. it's it's always been like that in the comic books. He shatters fucking entire cities. Yeah. He doesn't want to. It just right. happens that way. Yeah, and it's so you know where people were talking about that. I was like, oh, shut up. I hate people that bug on that little that little nuance. But uh, yeah, so. Uh, we're following up on that, so there is there hasn't been uh, a movie that he's linked to yet, in regards to a uh, a uh, DC cinematic movie. But I mean, what movies do we have left to to film aside from the Justice League movies, which right. Snyder's already signed on to direct the first Justice League movie? Uh, we don't have directors for Aqu- No, we do have Aquaman. Was it Cyborg and Green Lantern? I guess. Yeah, that's pretty much. And what? Well, who's? Did they find a director for Wonder Woman yet? Yeah, they have a director for Wonder Woman. That mm. starts filming next year, early next year. Who's the new director of Wonder Woman? I missed um, that. Um, I don't remember. Is it a chick? No. Because I know that they they, they wanted, wanted that. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted it, but I don't think that. I know that didn't pan out, but I think. I want to say it's an. I want to say an Asian director, but I don't know. I'm just saying, Joss Whedon 
just just fi- finished up with Marvel. Let's get him right. over to DC. I know. Get let some him... of these movies done. <laughs> bring him on to do. Uh, let, let him bring it on. Bring him on to do. Uh, to do a. Uh, ooh, have him br- come on to do a cyborg movie. I think he could really do. Um, and I'm being serious. I think he could do a Wonder Woman movie really well because he has he has a talent for really making. Not just a heroic woman character, but she's not like a campy. Oh, I'm so cute. Like, look what he did with Buffy. How oh, yeah. easy would it have been to just make her the hot chick with superpowers? Oh, yeah. You know, and she had so much depth and character and stuff like that. So well, I, I think you've heard the story, right? That he could have directed for DC before he went to Marvel. Right. Oh, did you hear no, that? I didn't hear that story. Oh, uh, yeah. He said that he actually pitched a Wonder Woman movie to DC. And you know i told him to fuck off or what <laughs> they, they basically weren't interested in it at the time and right after that he got approached by marvel about doing an avengers and he was like yeah that'd be cool oh dc steady fucking up on i know you. i know you sit there and you think about that and then you see them do avengers and they're like fuck dude so now we got to go with you know or zach morris i mean zach snyder <laughs> <laughs> zach snyder always looks like a fucking surfer dude to me it's like you expect him to be like, bruh. Like he's just so laid back. Yeah. You know. So. I was going to direct the movie, but like, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it comes out of his trailer. It's all, you know, pot smoke comes filtering out of the trailer. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> uh, hey, if you guys want to check out a really, really cool video uh, or a, a special edition version of Star Wars that you didn't know you wanted to see uh go online and look for the video arnold schwarzenegger as darth vader in star wars Mm. funniest fucking thing (laughs) i forgot to put it in the show notes but it oh man i found it and i tagged adam and uh heather and uh, a couple other people in it it was so fucking hilarious somebody actually spent the time and took audio clips from Arnold's, you know, a bunch of Arnold uh, Schwarzenegger movies, and then fit them in to the scenes bet- from episode one through or four through six. It's fucking hilarious. He and calls Luke. He calls Luke a pussy after he cuts his hand off. You're a pussy. <laughs> Stop being a pussy. Oh my god, <laughs> I was laughing my ass off. It was. It was. It's funny. It's funny because it was funny for one, just because it's so silly, but it fit. It did. Like it just worked in a lot of ways, <laughs> oh. and I I believe that they should do that. Yeah, let's play a game to tell us about your father. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end, though, the ending bit. Who's your daddy? <laughs> from uh, from uh, Predator. Come on, kill me now. Yeah. <laughs> kill me now. Do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> oh my god. I was laughing my ass off. He told Leia to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. It's like <laughs> Oh man, it's it's hilarious. You guys have to Google that, watch that. It's it's fucking funny. You'll it'll give you definitely if you don't laugh, you don't have a soul, is really oh. what it comes down to. I mean, well, that makes a lot of sense. I mean it does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh this week we Finally got, you know, we've been getting concept pictures and stuff like that for the new uh, Captain America Civil War. But this time, Jeremy Renner, who has trouble keeping a secret from time to time, (laughs) reveals his new costume in uh, 
Captain America Civil War. It actually looks pretty badass. It actually looks more like the comic. It's yeah. I, it's like a hint of purple. But I like the, the artwork they have on there because they have Ant-Man on his shoulder. <laughs> so, it actually, Dude, let me yeah. click on this link so I can follow along because I haven't seen these pictures. Go ahead. Keep talking. Uh, I can it, click on the link unsupervised. Are you sure? Because uh, No. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it actually looks a lot closer to, like, the Avenger comic book series. It's a little purple hint to it. Uh, kind of short sleeve on one end, full sleeve on the other. Mm. I kind of dig it. I like that short sleeve, long sleeve. It just, because it just looks like he has armor on. Like, it's super yeah. functional. Yeah, that's pretty dope. I did see that um, that uh, leak footage of well, so, I mean the movie's out, but right. it was <laughs> it was leaked to me of uh, Falcon fighting Ant Man. I was like, so fucking dope, wasn't it? Yeah, the special effects were just so good. Yeah, that was really the to, for a lot of people that was the crux of the movie. Like that made it really cool, really linked it into the Marvel universe. Yep. Um, I lo- that whole bit where he's just like busting up that microchip sorry you seem like a really nice guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah who says sorry the whole fucking time <laughs> but uh yeah it was it it's i like the costume <laughs> one of my coworkers said he goes man i wish he would have had like they would give him like the old school like hawk i go oh you mean the big triangles on the top of front of his face with the mask <laughs> should be that way <laughs> But West Coast Avengers look, you know. <laughs> do it! <laughs> Just do it! Do it now! And, of course, we get our first look at Michael Fassbender in the, his Assassin's Creed wardrobe. Do it! <laughs> <laughs> um, Fassbender is supposed to be playing Callum Lynch, a modern-day descendant of Aguilar, who was caught up in a beef with the Templars. And the movie's set to come out uh, December 21st of next year, but they've released the first image of him. It looks pretty cool. I, I dig it. It actually looks very similar to the video game, but I like the way like it, the way it kind of covers his head and stuff like that. Um, it's funny because we were talking about this and uh, how like no one talks about this movie. Yeah, I completely forgot it was even coming out. Yeah, I know. It was one of those where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. They are making an Assassin's Creed movie. And I know they're working on it, so it's kind of interesting. We were running, r- wondering if it was going to be as buggy and glitchy as the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, Fassbender's going to jump, and it's just going to freeze for a second. Right. It's yeah. going to double jump. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, uh, partway through the movie, it becomes repetitive. <laughs> it's yeah. just going to be the same thing. It's like They it's... keep redoing, like, same scenes over and over again. You're like, what the right. hell's going on? <laughs> They really captured the essence of the movie. <laughs> every video, every gamer is going to be like, you know what? It was like playing the video game. It was yeah. Glitchy as fuck and repetitive as fuck. <laughs> Say what you want, but they kept true. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, you can catch the links for both of these costumes if you haven't seen it yet on the Lazy Geeks in the show notes. So be sure to get the links there. Uh <laughs> Adam and I were uh, I think it was the La- Lazy Ring of Death we were talking about the rumored iPhone event uh, yeah. and the rumored iPhones and the rumored Apple TV and everything that was rumored 
uh, it appears so that, many rumors <laughs> <laughs> which is apple's complete existence is yeah. a rumor uh it's been officially announced september 9th will be the uh apple event not necessarily calling it an iphone event but everybody pretty much is already rumoring what we're going to hear and what we're going to see and there was one that said uh like it's going to be 4k resolution and it's going to have uh, what the fuck do you need a 4k resolution on a small device. I don't fucking know. It doesn't make any sense. And that we're going to have animated backgrounds and all this stuff. And I, I started laughing when I saw this. And I, animated bullshit. <laughs> well, I, w- I cracked up because I, I saw that on Twitter and I retweeted it and said, like, yeah, didn't they say we were going to also have, like, holographic displays on the iPhone 5? You know, it was. I heard the iPhone 6 Plus was going to suck you off. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's what I heard. I I heard that the the iPhone is actually using a processor that will allow you to contact Mars, right? And no delay. Like it's going to be real time. Like you're that just makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, naturally, you know. Even though there's no service there, but that's Apple. Apple's an innovator. You know, they're going to take it to that next level and say, okay, the rest it's the rest is up to you guys. <laughs> we made it. Get it done. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> but yeah, so. They, you know, uh, the big thing is that they were they were mentioning Siri a bit in the in the uh, event announcement. So people are wondering if it's going to be an upgraded Siri, if it's going to focus, try to make Siri more like you know functional or you know I don't know. I I, I use Siri very little. I find Siri to be kind of pointless in a lot. Like of everyone else who has an iPhone, right? You know. Uh, so we'll have to see what actually comes out. Some people are already saying, you know, oh, you know, they haven't made any big announcements with the iPad. So the iPad might be in this announcement. I doubt it. iPads are usually any news with the iPad is always separate from whatever announcement they have. Yeah. Right now, this announcement is going to set for the holidays. So if they're not going to do anything now for the holidays, we might hear something in October. If we don't hear anything by October and in, uh, in, from Given Apple's previous pattern, if we don't hear anything by November, October, we're not going to have a new iPad f- till next year, maybe. And who gives a shit anyway? Right. Every time it's a new iPad, it's the same fucking thing. Yeah, just new processor or, yeah. you know. And the rumor is is that it's going to be the iPhone 6C. Or no, not C, S. Sorry. And, uh, Groovy. Yeah. So we'll have to see what comes with that, but we'll have to wait till the week of Labor Day to find out what that's going to be about. And you can pretty much guarantee we'll have something to say about it on the website. Oh, we always have something to say about it. <laughs> uh, so, so I, um, it's my turn to shine. <laughs> I recently, <laughs> I recently tore through two books. Literally. This is, this is the problem when I read is I read really quickly. Like I can't put a book down. So then I just run out of shit to read. Pain in my ass. But I bought um, Ready Player One and The Martian. And I've I've finished both books. Um, I I read Ready Player One first because it was on that um, on that Prime shipping. Right. So I got that one first. Um, good book. Really loved it. Tons of 80s references and geek culture. And, and uh, um, I mean, it wasn't. Was it the greatest book I've ever read? No. But it was a really good book. I, I enjoyed it. The whole premise was very interesting. And if you're a millennial that complained about it, fuck off. Sure. Yeah. 
If you're a millennial that complained about you're just a jock and you have no idea what they're talking about. Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they, he was coming up with some shit that was like, like deep, deep geek. Like I had forgot about like old D and D video games and, and shit like that. It was pretty cool. Well, what tickled my fancy was his login, um, for his school was fucking the, uh, the line from, uh, the last Starfighter. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? That's the last Starfighter. Holy it, shit. And then his, his, um, his spaceship that he used in the game was the Firefly. Oh my mm-hmm. God. I was, I was just, just so much of it, you know, and to have a world where all that stuff is all mixed together. It was just really cool, but the story was really good too. And it gets kind of heated up and you're like, fuck. And the pacing was perfect. It moved right along. Um, really good book. I suggest it to anybody. Um, I don't suggest it for, and maybe, I mean, who knows, but, um, people who are currently in their teens. Yeah. Might not enjoy it as much just because you might not get the references. But who knows now? We're in the age of information. I mean, just because it, you weren't around in the 80s doesn't mean you don't know it. It's called you know, Google. Use that's it. right. <laughs> I tell you what, I was Googling a couple things. Yeah. He was going into some, some fucking dark realms of the geek universe. <laughs> um, so that was really good. And then I got to The Martian. Now, The Martian. Now, this was the, this was the star of my, my reading. Uh, this book was amazing. Um, I really wanted to read the book before the movie came out. Um, and Because for me, like a lot of people go, oh, then you're not going to enjoy the movie. But I'm not like that. Now, if I see the movie first, it will, it, I won't want to read the book. Like I'll read the book and then I'll just be like, oh, I'll just get bored. Like I already saw this. Right. But if, if I read the book, I can, I can enjoy the movie as well, too. I don't mind if they took things out because I just understand you can't have word for word from a book. Right. You know, like I know a lot of people in the Lord of the Rings movies, like, oh, they took this out and they took that. Of course they fucking did. Or yeah. the movies, I'd still be watching them. It'd be so long. <laughs> We'd still so, be watching the first film right now. I know. So this book was great. It was really – it was in a very interesting style that actually remind me, reminded me of Bram Stoker's Dracula um, because – you have the main character um, who's on Mars. Okay, Everybody knows the premise. We're not, I'm not giving anything away. Yeah, it's about Marvin the Martian. Right. <laughs> so, no, he's, he's stranded on Mars. When you're, getting, when you're in his scenes or whatever, or in his perspective, it's from log entries. Because he can't talk to anybody. There's no one there. You know, so it's all – he's talking to the log computer. You know, and but it's very it's it's interesting. It's very conversational, and you can and they never say this, but to me it kind of was like, there's no one there. He has to talk to something, right? Or he's gonna go crazy, you know. So he's he's being very personal. He's joking around. He's a very sarcastic guy, um, and and they even say that you know that's his defense mechanism in stressful situations as he jokes around and stuff like that. You fall in love with this guy. I mean, this guy is a great character. He's, he's just amazing. He just does not fucking stop trying. One, I mean, the writer of this book is like sci-fi version of fucking um, Martin. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he just wanted to kill this guy. He just couldn't do it. But if they cut to, they'll cut to NASA. Um, and that's written like a normal book. Because you have multiple characters and stuff like that. Um the science in it was all sound. Uh, he did a lot of he did a lot of research. Um, I was watching a few uh, little featurettes and stuff because the movie's coming out. Um, it was it was just great. I could not like 
Ready Player One, I, I wanted to finish it, but I could put that down maybe for a day. I was I carried The Martian around with me. I read it in three days, oh, and that's three days of work. I mean, it was at my <laughs> desk. You know, like, I just could not stop reading this book. And um, it had a good ending. Uh, it ended, I thought, a little soon, but when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. It would just be boring to keep going. But... um. Mars is a cruel bitch, ladies and gentlemen. Just want you to know that. And <laughs> oh, it's yeah. it's cool, too, because it, it really talks about... And, we, and Steve and I were talking about this, a conversation I had with some people about, you know, what the surface of Mars is like and stuff like that. And most... A lot of people just think there's just no oxygen. Like, you could just... If your suit fell off, it would just be uncomfortable. No, motherfucker. <laughs> Like, just because it's not the moon doesn't mean you could just walk around in it. You know, and it's, it's, um, it's just kind of, just shit just kept happening to him. Things would explode and things would, um, every time he fixed a problem, the fix for that problem would cause three additional problems. Right. It's just, it never ended, you know? Well, I'm not going to say too much, so I'm going to start giving it away. But, uh, those too two late. books, fuck you. <laughs> Those two books, if you're looking for something to read, definitely pick um, either one of those up. I would pick up The Martian first as that movie's dropping on October 2nd. And you know I'm going to be there. <laughs> and I hope it does well, too, because lately it's like if it is, doesn't have a comic book character in it, it doesn't do well. Right. But it's got the Matt Damon. <laughs> My dog Matt Damon. <laughs> I love Matt Damon. Yeah, I know. I want to have his babies. <laughs> Jesus Hey, you know what? The heart wants what the heart wants. That's okay. true. That's true. No homo. I want to know what love is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In our take my money section, uh, this comes from Polygon. Walmart has introduced a new Wii U bundle designed for players interested in making their own Mario Brothers levels, and the pre-orders have already started. Here's the kicker. It comes with an 8-bit Mario Amiibo. In the case your collector's sense isn't tingling yet, the included Amiibo is a special 30th anniversary Mario Amiibo modern color, and you can only find it at Walmart and Sam's Club. The bundle retails for $299.99, and you'll get the system with a download code for Super Mario Maker, as well as the 8-bit Amiibo. Matt, just basically expect this one to disappear quickly. Anytime Mario is involved, oh yeah, it's, it's gonna, gone. It, it's quick. gone. Yeah, it's a pretty killer deal, especially since the 8-bit amiibo will be likely hard to track down. If you have been holding off on getting a Wii U, this may be a good excuse to jump in. The bundle is exclusive to Walmart, so don't be surprised if it sells out quickly. Walmart news. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at the, I was looking at patches. Like, oh, that's kind of cool. And we were talking about like if we ever got a Wii U, that would be the reason why was oh, hell yeah mario maker so we'll have to see how that turns out i want to hear the reviews first before i decide to spend money on it it's gonna be a good game every every mario game's a good game yeah there i don't think they've made a they, they might be one you don't like like i don't like smash brothers well yeah you're, it's a bad game right but you you you're not into those fighting games so that exactly makes quite sense like for me it would be uh it would be mario maker mario kart obviously uh and then we'd be doing those videos like, look, it, it, is, is he fucking grinning? 
Is he is he cheesing on me? Is he cheesing? <laughs> Fucking dashy games, man. That motherfucker makes me laugh too much. <laughs> He's been doing too many scary games, and I don't like to watch those. Right. Um, one because they make me jump. But then also he makes me jump because he screams when something comes up. <laughs> uh, and then like a, a a Luigi's Mansion would be an awesome one. Dude, I wish they redid a Luigi's. Yeah. Game. That game was so quirky. It was just it was perfect. Oh yeah. All right. So, I think it's time we jump into some news. Do it. <laughs> in a in a TV related news, the Lego Group. This comes from comicbook.com by the way. The Lego Group has signed a deal with the BBC to create Lego playsets and minifigures based on Doctor Who. Minifigures will include the various incarnations of the Doctor, his companions, and villains like the Daleks, the Cybermen, and the Weeping Angels. That's gonna be that shit's gonna be scary. Uh, the idea for a Doctor Who Lego set was first introduced by toy manufacturer and fan named Andrew Clark via the Lego Idea website, and can see mock-ups of Clark's ideas in the gallery below here on their website. Uh, Doctor Who Legos sets are going into development and expect them to be available in time for Christmas. And Doctor Who, the Doctor and Worlds Based on Doctor Who will also be appearing in Lego Dimensions, the Toy to Life video game, releasing September 27th. Also, Doctor Who Season 9 premieres on September 19th. About fucking time. Oh, Jesus. I'm almost upset that I'm a Doctor Who fan now. (laughs) This is a giant pain in the ass waiting for this shit to happen. It's that it's that and fucking Sherlock for me, because it's like you got to wait. Any British show like they're so fucking pompous like make your damn shows <laughs> you know like oh well you have to wait until it's finished fuck you <laughs> i mean i will but still i know but i won't do it happily <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have a frown <laughs> so there's a reason why we separated from you <laughs> right it's because of your shows <laughs> so i have word from the man who used to be spider-man toby mcguire burn no <laughs> Andrew Garfield. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Um, there's been so many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew Garfield played Spider-Man in the last two films. Love him or hate him, he really did. I liked him. I actually, I liked I, him I as Spider-Man. Got, I didn't like I, the movies. Yeah, I thought he got a bad rap because he yeah. was involved in those movies. I thought he was a he was a solid Spider-Man and Peter Parker. He brought the snark back. To, he brought the trolling back to Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he was perfect as Spider Man. It's just, the movie sucked. The yeah. movie sucked. Um, he says he was pushing for the uh, character to go under the Marvel umbrella long before the deal was struck. Everyone um, else, <laughs> you know, the actor told Uprocks that he's excited to see the Marvel or to see the Marvel take on Spider Man. Yeah, the so, take on Spider Man. Yeah, but the Marvel. Mm-hmm. The Marvel. It probably should have been Marvel. Yeah. take on spider-man but he's british so they... ign wrote this it's not a quote and i didn't write it that's all i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> now that sony and marvel i Studios... didn't fuck this one up <laughs> yeah now that sony and marvel studios have struck a deal to cross their universes um quote 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 i've been petitioning to hook up with marvel since yeah, the beginning <laughs> like he's making all the choices right like i'm trying to hook up with him you know it's whatever yeah. um i call them they we call me you know we right. chat shit <laughs> So I'm really glad they're finally doing it, he said. Um, he also maintained that he was never in talks to continue as a character, but declined to say more. Um, 
if the Amazing Fr- Spider-Man franchise had continued, Garfield said he would have gone to some pretty heavy places following the dire events of the second movie. So that's the thing, is that the end of the second movie, and if you haven't seen it, whatever, but right. Gwen Stacy kicks the bucket. Right. Okay. We're not really spoiling much, you know. If you... <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're a Spider-Man fan, you should already know she was going to die anyway. <laughs> and that kind of that kind of set the tone for me in the first movie. Like everyone's having fun, and and him and Gwen are like, oh, we're so cute together. And I'm like, she's gonna die, <laughs> like the whole time. You know, like I just couldn't connect with that character. Um, so, what would the third movie even be like? Like he would be a wreck, right? You know, and I think it, it would it exactly what he's saying. It would have brought the franchise. They would have to go a little dark with it, right? And that would have been lame. Yeah. Um, it's not like a comic book. Comic books, you can, they can ignore that and just continue on. So he said, um, it wasn't meant to be. Uh, as I say, I'm just really excited that I get to watch. So I read the extended quote because they, um, I read the an, another article that had the snippet of them asking about if he was even approached about continuing on with Marvel. And he was like, he kind of started to like, well, you know, there's a bunch of in and outs, but it's not something I really feel comfortable with talking out in public. Yeah, I wonder what was going on. Dude. It kind of was like, probably of, uh, probably more of like, yeah, we have you under contract, but Marvel doesn't want to use, wants to reboot the whole thing. And, and unfortunately, you're not part of it. So I, I think in some instances, he probably, if I, my take on it would be Marvel said, if we do this, we do this completely new. Which is how everyone does it. Right. And, and I think in some instances he would probably – I'm looking at it as he may have not been – not only was he not approached, but all he heard about it was probably through the news. And that probably yeah. bummed him out a little bit. And also, too, if – remember when we went to Comic-Con, he was definitely a true fan of right. um, of Spider-Man. And he was – that was one, one reason why the fans um, kind of latched onto him because they were so excited because he was such a big fan of it. And he probably he probably was a little. I wouldn't blame him for getting a little upset. You know? Yeah, and and I know, he, and we all know, we've all heard the stories. He wanted out after, you know, the third one because of, and you know, he complained about that the studio kind of made the second one worse than it probably would have. And and that's the thing is, it, it, I just, I don't know. I I I liked him. I thought he was good. The chemistry between him and Emma Stone was actually really good. It was yeah. just the stories were shit, and they crammed too much into it and tried to make it more than it was instead of just sticking to making it a true Spider-Man story. They were trying to – they did an Iron Man 2 on uh, on uh, uh, this one using, yeah, y- using that uh, to set up everything else because if you look at Iron Man 2, it was setting up Thor and it was also setting up the Avengers. So there was a lot less of Iron Man involved. And I think that's kind of what happened here because they were trying to set up the whole Sinister Six and the whole Spider-Man, you know, universe. And, and it just backfired because the they were just rushing shit. it. Yeah. I and still then, haven't and, seen that second movie. And then Jamie Foxx as Electro was just horrid. Which is weird because he's actually a good actor. Yeah, but that just the way they did it was just horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend you see it because maybe that'll be one of our movies. Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2, yeah. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Sorry, we don't want people to confuse it with the actual good Spider-Man 2. Which hey, that movie was awesome. Dude, the, the this... one with 
uh, Maguire and, and fucking Doc Ock. Yeah. yeah, that was great. That was a great one. That was the highlight of the other Spider-Man series. And then there was Spider-Man three. Uh, <laughs> so shall not be named <laughs> Evo Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, so maybe Amazing Spider-Man two will be one of our one of our new movies to watch. I think it should be. Um, all right. So moving on into gaming news, Google. This comes from Polygon as well. Google will launch YouTube Gaming. Actually, it already did launch uh, the streaming video sites gaming focused service on August 12th on the web and in dedicated Android and iOS apps Google announced last week. YouTube Gaming, which YouTube and parent company Google announced in June, is meant to be a one-stop shop for people looking for gaming video content. The service automatically collects all gaming-related videos as well as live streams on individual pages for more than 25,000 different games. That will provide users with personalized recommendations based on pages and channels they follow. Hopefully it's better than the regular YouTube recommendations that we normally get. Uh, in addition, that was my commentary, by the way. Hmm. Yeah, not actually in the article in addition google wants to make it easier for people to live stream games on youtube a new page youtube.com stream is currently in beta which provides a streamlined process to start streaming at a personal url quote together we are gaming better and P frank peterson engineering manager for youtube gaming in a prepared statement our peers makes us better gamers and games are made better by the communities that surround them YouTube gaming is Google's effort to focus more on gamers and gaming videos with the main competition with their main competition Amazon owned Twitch being the leader in live streaming gaming content. Amazon announced exactly one year ago that it was buying Twitch following the initial report saying that Google was interested in acquiring Twitch. It was later reported that Google backed down over potential antitrust concerns that would have been raised. In the past weekend, Twitch hit a new milestone with 2 million concurrent viewers, the company said in a statement to Polygon. The record came from the combined viewership of ESL1 Cologne 2015 and the new North American finals of the 2015 League of Legends Championship Series. Quote, the opportunity in gaming video is enormous, and others have clearly taken notice, said Matthew DiPerto. You almost said de prick. <laughs> Depitor, de senior vice president of marketing for Twitch. We are dedicated to being the best social global multi-screen video platform for gamers, period. And he also added the that Twitch will reveal more about its future plans in the inaugural TwitchCon in September. YouTube Gaming will initially launch an English language website. The Android and iOS apps for YouTube Gaming will roll out uh, rolled out last week in the UK and US with other countries coming soon, according to Google. For more information, go ahead and check out uh, the article's own YouTube channel, which will live stream multiple times per week. Um, actually, I'm actually excited about to see how that is. Yeah, I'm really kind of interested in seeing this too because I I've never really known how to navigate Twitch. Twitch is, Twitch is a pain in the ass. That's what a lot of people say. Yeah. And, you know, uh, one of the other things that people were saying is like, oh, who's going to win? And I was listening to this one podcast that kind of echoed my sentiment. Why does one have to win? Yeah, they don't why? necessarily. Why? They can just coexist. <laughs> yeah, there are some that do, you know, vid gaming videos on YouTube. Those will probably be the ones that will probably start doing live stream. You have people that are on Twitch 
they're not going to move. But one brought up a good point when I, on another one was the fact that a lot of Twitch allows you to archive your videos on YouTube. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, nothing's really going to change for them. Because that's why I never, I never watch Twitch because live stream to me just feels like television again. And I, I build, I watch things when I want to watch them. Right, right. I don't need to see it live. You know, it's whatever. And I mean, unless it's an event and you're interacting and stuff like that. So I, they'd be like, oh, yeah, they have this cool thing on Twitch, this championship, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll, I'll just watch it on YouTube when they put it up. You know, yeah. and, and I can pause it and all types of shit. Right. You know, so it's just whatever. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things like I'll watch live sports in, in many instances, but live streaming a game, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I know I'm uh, whatever, old, not in it, whatever you want to call me. But, you know, I've tried to I've tried to navigate st- Twitch and yeah, it is kind of a pain in the ass, but I don't know. I'm really interested in using YouTube because YouTube is kind of integrated into everything as it is now. So right. it makes a lot more sense than trying to navigate into Twitch. And I think with YouTube, it might actually bring people that maybe weren't really that were like, well, I don't really want to go into Twitch because then it's like a whole new thing. YouTube kind of seems like, oh, well, I'll just do this on YouTube since I'm already there. Well, YouTube is the go-to video service. Like, it, yeah. it, if as soon as you tell someone, oh, you should watch this video, they're automatically assuming it's on YouTube already. Yeah. You know, and, and to have that name recognition, they already have a built-in audience. A lot of gamers are already watching shit on YouTube anyway. I mean, I watch all my game videos on YouTube. I, I when before I buy a game, I, I first thing I do is go to YouTube and watch gameplay video and see if it's gonna I'm gonna dig it or not. Right. You know, it's it's I think it will do just fine. Unless they completely yeah. fuck it up and it's all jacked up, but I don't think they Google will. plus it, you know? Oh. <laughs> too soon? Too soon? Anyone? It's always too soon. <laughs> um they go dimensions. So this one, this one is 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 mainly screenshots that they have up on uh, um, IGN. However, it shows off tons of fucking characters in this game, and how they're all just kind of chilling out. Um, so I'll read the little blurb that they put on here. Lego Dimensions is about to join the Toy to Life party. And it's bringing with it some serious guest star power. The game will blend together several universes, including DC Comics, The Lord of the Rings, The Lego Movie, The Wizard of Oz, Lego Ninjago, um, Ghostbusters, and others. Take a look at these exclusive screenshots of The Simpsons and Midway Arcade gameplay in Lego Dimensions. So the first screenshot has the Ninjago ninjas playing Defender on a, a say cabinet. that Say that ten times really fast. No, because it's probably racist eventually. Um, <laughs> the next one... Is Bart riding a raptor? <laughs> That's and then the, cool. the next one, they're in the Simpsons backyard. Oh, and Batman's there. But Batman's there. <laughs> and then they're just in Bart's uh, living room, and he's making like a go kart or something. Oh, there's the one with Wonder Woman, and Bart's on the hoverboard with Slimer, yeah. with Slimer in the background. <laughs> there's too much going on in that picture. I know the hoverboard from Back to the Future, Slimer from Ghostbusters, Bart from The Simpsons, and Wonder, Wonder- Woman from DC. Fuck, that's that's overload right there. It's too good, dude. Let me see Batman. Where are they? Kind of far away. I don't know. I oh, look in the back. They're defenders. Oh yeah, that's right, huh? Or whatever the fucking game's called. Um, <laughs> uh, it's like Missile Command. Yeah, it looks like that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. 
so yeah, th- this game essentially is going to be fucking amazing. Isn't and it, Portal in one yeah, of those? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't even know Portal was going to be in that. So now right. we got Lego Portal. Oh, these fucking images on IGN don't load. Yeah, they take a little bit of time to load. Whatever, I'm stopping at IGN or at uh, <laughs> Portal. Um, so yeah, there's tons of shit going on. I'm still curious because they have the game set comes with that little portal, and I'm kind of one. I'm they haven't really fully explained what that's for. I mean, it's obvious that you put some on it and it'll get in the game and shit like that. But I want to see it in action, man. <laughs> But yeah, this game's gonna be dope. It's gonna and and a lot of ones that weren't in the um, images. I mean, I've definitely already seen Doctor Who. I've seen. Uh, uh, I mean, there was a crazy screenshot with Doctor Who talking to Doc Brown. Oh yeah, it's just crazy shit, dude. They should put Bill and Ted in there too, real quick. Yeah, all the fucking time travelers, <laughs> right? So all the eighties time travelers. <laughs> um, League of Extraordinary Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> It's eighties. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, the problem, the problem though, the the one limitation of the DeLorean, it would seem, is it can't leave Hill Valley. So, you know, mm. it just stays. They, that's one major difference between because um, they're different machines. Yeah. One's a time machine, and then Doctor Who's TARDIS is a time and space machine. Right, right. You know, time just, and relative dimension in space. Same with Bill and Ted. I'm just explaining things to people. Make sure they're <laughs> up on uh, what's going on. The technology of the time. That's right. All right. Moving on into comic book news. Both Marvel and DC have been enjoying a creative renaissance as of late. By the way, this comes from Blaster.com. With characters like Ms. Marvel, Hawkeye, Batgirl, and Harley Quinn leading the charge. But now it sounds like one of the big two is changing course for safer waters. According to a report from bleeding cool it cites a number of senior sources at dc comics a publisher is eyeing a more conservative editorial direction that will bring characters and storylines back to a more recognizable status quo per the report dc's editorial department has apparently been told to stop backgirling and refocus <laughs> on meat and potato comic stories yeah the move comes as the company's revenue was around two million less than projected that's always gonna be Uh a heavy hitter yeah put in simpler terms dc hopes to keep the stories and comics of its most recognizable form and more uniform with the upcoming film adaptations they will make more money for readers it means less quirky out out of the box ideas more batman versus joker and superman rocking his tights and cape which depends on which types of comics you prefer could be good or bad news. Admittedly, this is a risk involving the pursuing pursuing unique concepts on the page. The new Batgirl wasn't a safe bet, but it has become one of DC's biggest hits and brought a ton of cr- great critical attention. But every comic ain't Batgirl. This also certainly means Jim Gordon will be hand- handing the cape and cowl back to Bruce Wayne very soon, and Superman will get back to his usual gear. I- ironically... The report notes DC's creative hits that came out of Batgirling, i.e. Batgirl and Harley Quinn, should be immune to most of the refocusing, assuming sales numbers remain solid. Ho- uh, here's hoping Grayson will get a reprieve. A, the comic has a ton of fun, fingers crossed. 
if DC takes a conservative approach to the refocus, to the refocus, here's hoping that we can find that sweet spot between meat and potatoes and unique stories that can that still catch fire. Um, I don't know. It's, that's the problem, and I think a lot of these companies like DC and and sometimes I don't know. Marvel does it, but it's always like through a big event that they they try doing it. I think with DC has been struggling even with their big event this year. Because if you look at the Diamond sales, Marvel's still beating DC. Yeah. It was beating it during their... What was that fucking event they had earlier this year? Um, Oh, Convergence. Convergence. The whole Convergence series still was... And it was only Batman and Justice League that made the top 10. Everything else was um, out of the top 10. And Marvel was beating it. Then, of course, you have Secret Wars. Marvel's still beating DC, with the exception of the aforementioned Justice League and Batman. Here's the problem that I think DC's having. Um, a lot of their storylines right now are going into left field. They're going into, like, really off-the-books kind of story. They're not following the the formula of Batman or the formula of Superman. And that's fine. I mean, I, I love when they do that. However... Nowadays, they all want everything to be in one universe. So in the past, when they did that, they would have a whole separate universe dedicated to that storyline. So if it failed or it didn't fail, whatever. They just canceled the book. But now they're doing it all in the one universe. So now every book is completely weird. Yeah. You know, and I think in comic books – I don't mind change. But I think in comic books – when it comes to the main universe, the main storyline of these books, they they it's really better to have the changes be very gradual and still be very reminiscent of just what era you're in. If it's modern era, silver era, golden era, it shouldn't go off the fucking rails all right. the time because people are going to start getting irritated. Well, here's the thing. Like you have Convergence, which was very, very weird in and of itself. Uh, try- kind of boring too. And, yeah, because if you look at Convergence and Secret Wars, it's kind of the same thing they got going on. Yeah. Um, you have Secret War. Um, you have Convergence, which was basically saying everything is going to happen within the same universe. You can have all these different stories, and you don't have to worry about continuity. You don't have to worry about structure. It allows quote unquote freedom that they said that the for the editorial staff now you have marvel who's doing secret wars and you know some of these characters are going to seep into the main universe and some are not and you know we're going to bring logan back but it's going to be old man logan and they're going to do a lot of gender swaps and a lot of uh uh uh, what is it um ethnicity swaps and here's the problem that poses with marvel that could work but it really comes down to the stories Right. Because the reason a comic book fails isn't because people aren't reading it. It's because the people that did pick it up just were like, eh. Because for me, uh, I started getting uh, Constantine, the new revamped version of Constantine. The book is horrible. The artwork, really? the works, the artwork sucks. The stories were very, very mediocre. I was like, oh, why did you change it? And I'm, I'm actually canceling my subscription for that comic. And I love Constantine. And I was really, really disappointed with what they were doing with this story. And after the first two issues, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to continue with this one. And that's very disappointing. And that's what sucks because – and that's exactly what I said. That I, – I want comic book writers and artists to experiment and do different things. That's how you get great stories. But that's how you get shitty stories too. And when it was safe, 
when you could just, oh, well, this is not part of the main storyline or this is not in the main universe. It was easy to go, oh, you know, no one liked it, whatever, and fucking cancel it. Right. But you still have that main universe that's following the trends that everybody agrees on, the canon, essentially. And I honestly, like, I was reading the, we'll take Batman. I love Batman books. I don't Um, understand the whole concept. This is the thing. That's the problem is now I'm reading it. And I just got confused, and I could figure it out. The right. problem is, is I I jump back into it. You know what I mean? Right. But it's so different now that it's not worth my time to yeah, figure out. And and you have to know that this was kind of above the Scott Snyder fold. This was DC's editorial staff that made yeah. the change. And the problem that I have is I saw no reason for that change. Like, why did Bruce have to give it up? You know, spoilers if you're not following it, but. If you're not following it well, then this shouldn't really it was, matter. It was written well. I yeah. mean, there was nothing. The art was great. I really loved the art. But it just, I don't know. But, and, but and logically, it, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. And I think for me, too, and I, I know it sounds kind of fanboyish or whatever, I don't really want the main Batman book to change that much. I want it to be familiar. I want to be able to just randomly pick up a Batman book and he's being Batman. Like, right. it's just, you know what I mean? Unless it's a special event, I understand. You know, but this I don't know, and and then it was directly after convergence, and right. it's and, too much, dude. Yeah, and what I what really bothers me in in a lot of instances is, you know, we talked on earlier shows about, you know, people wanting diversity in comics, so they're taking big heroes and give, making them ethnically different, or you know, gender swapping or what have you. Right. Uh, and and to me, it's more of a situation of okay, fine. You can do that, but why do you have to take the heroes that are established and change them over? Because then that looks more of a stunt to me. And w- instead of, oh, we've created a whole new superhero with a different universe that happens to be ethnically or gender diverse. Yeah. You know, it's like, why can't we do that? Why do we have to change everything for the sake of diversity? Because then it becomes for the sake of diversity, not because, oh, this makes sense. You know, and, and so. To me, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of people fall off on comic books like these is because they, they you know, and when you're, when you're rocking a $2 million deficit, you know, in revenue, shit's going to change. Yeah, <laughs> and it, change. I have to agree, too, is, and I don't know what Steve's been reading, but um, I've completely fallen off of comic books. It, it just, it was too, and, and Marvel's been doing it to, to me, too, where just things are too different. You know, and and I'm just like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't have the time to invest in completely figuring out this reworked universe. Because first you rework, they do the DC New 52. I figured that out. Right. And then Convergence comes along and fucks everything up. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you guys are killing me. Yeah. Like, it doesn't always have to be a dramatic change. Just write good fucking stories. Yeah. It's all you have to do. Yeah, and that's that's really the issue. And stop doing this whole bullshit where you have good writers and they're good writers for a reason and because they don't like some of the ideas you have, you have to fire them yeah. and replace them with shitty writers and then wonder why the book went downhill. It's like, like how, about, how about if I was DC or Marvel? Marvel gets it right a lot better than DC lately, I have to admit. But if I was DC, I would say, okay, we have, these, we have this group of talented writers – 
let's make out an outline. This is this is how these are the few rules that are in place in our universe. Much like making a D, like a Dungeons and Dragons game. Right. This is how the universe operates. This is this city. This is that city. We all know DC universe. Um, you know, obviously, there's going to be a few major events ahead, and then after you make that outline. You give the outline to the writer and then go, can you do me one favor? Can you just write really good fucking stories? Thanks. Yeah. And then don't fucking bother them anymore. Yeah, this is this is the this is what we're going to this is the um, the uh, event we have coming up. This is what's going to happen during that event. At the end of each event, we want to have this or this may impact your series somewhat. But, you know, just, you know, bear the, the with people... that. But... The people worrying about the bottom line should not be the ones making creative decisions. Oh, yeah. It's, and it always happens this way. And it's oh, why yeah. movies fail. And it's why it's, and they never get it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. If it's a control thing or if they're just all fucking retarded. But they just they really <laughs> should do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, totally, I totally agree. And, you know, people are going to sit there and go, fucking, you know, DC has better this and that. And the other thing, it's like, yeah, but in the end, it comes down to sales. Yep. And if if a group of people aren't buying it, then they've got to do something. And and the and we're not saying that Marvel gets it right all the time. Marvel events of, as of the of recent have pretty much been shitty. Yeah. I mean, you go all the way back to fucking Civil War and maybe the House of M, and you're like, okay, those were cool. But then after that, they had been some non-starters. Secret Wars has been pretty good, and you know, uh, to me, it just seems that. To go ahead and say, yeah, we have meat and potatoes. And, and here's another thing, too, with DC. DC has these movies that are going to come out. And are you're going to do the Marvel game where, you know, you have Captain America is played by a white guy in the movies. But in the comic books, you have Steve Wilson playing Captain America. It's like you should pretty much be like, OK, let's do regular Batman stories and and superman stories so then when people come back and go oh yeah i should pick up a batman comic they know exactly what's going on go what the fuck is you know uh uh, commissioner gordon playing batman for what the hell is that about you know and it doesn't have to i mean and i think marvel and marvel completely canceled this idea but they had it right where they were going to make the they were going to make the ultimate universe be the cinematic universe right and then all of a sudden they just decided they didn't want to do that anymore yeah. And I think that would have been a very smart move because you would have you'd have your main universe, 616 universe for, you know, the the comic book fans, the ones who have been reading it all this time. But then you also have an entrance point for the people who have come in from the movies. And I, I thought I remember when they first said that and we were, we were both, I think, on board and said that was a great yeah. idea. And da, da, yeah. da. And ulti- the ultimate universe was had a fresher take on a lot of these characters. Yeah. So they lent to the movies better. But. They went off the rails there. They went off the rails. And and for a while, Marvel's just now cleaning things up. But for a while, it was a fucking mess. I think I said on multiple podcasts, I'd read Marvel if it wasn't so fucking confusing. Yeah. Because I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And in the the Ultimate Universe, it was like, yeah, it's a fresher take on everything. Then next thing you know, they kill off half of fucking the Fantastic Four. All the original X-Men's have been killed off. And it's just like, what's left? And. Yeah, so and then it came down from having like all these comics to just two lines. Right. You know. So it just it gets to the point where if you're not 
it's it's almost like a novella. Like if you miss <laughs> a little bit of it, you're fucking confused as shit. Because oh, yeah. and I still approach comic books like I always used to. If there's when I want to start, let's say I want to start reading the Batman book again. I, I pretty I'm keeping up with it. I know what's going on because I know I'm going to jump back into it. But um, if I wanted to jump back into a Batman book, I haven't read it for a while. I'll I'll look at the current issue. If it says part two of four or something, okay, I'll wait. Right. And then but then once that arc is over. I can easily go in. I might not know exactly what happened before, but it it, would, it was very accessible, very easy yeah. to slide in. It's not like that anymore, and it's funny because that was everybody's fucking goal. Yeah, was to make it accessible. Now it's even less accessible. It's a pain yeah. in my ass. Fuck all these comic book companies. <laughs> DC went out to moved out to California. They're all fucking smoking weed. They don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> No, I, I lo- I, both companies are great, and they've made some of the greatest stories of the 20th and 21st century for us all to enjoy. But the, it, they need to stop. The pencil, the pencil paper pushers shouldn't be making the creative decisions. Yeah. And that's been a problem for hundreds of years. So a lot of people are suspecting, because of that deficit, expect these, the DC comics to go up in price and probably less content pages and more advertising pages. Or they'll trim some books again. Yeah. yeah. You know, so yeah, this is just a leaflet, Batman <laughs> leaflet number <laughs> it's two. It's a single page. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like an old school advertisement. Yeah, it's just a splash page, and that's yeah. all that's on there. He's just like fucking, yeah, I'm Batman, and then that's it. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but DC was going to do... They quickly stopped talking about that, where they were going to do the ads inside the story pages. I was like, oh, God, yeah. Bruh. Like, come on. Comic comic ads are already f- pretty fucking fail. Yeah. I mean, they used to be awesome back in the day, like fucking sea monkeys and silly shit. Oh, right. You know, now they're for shit that no one cares about. <laughs> Whatever. Fucking dumb motherfuckers. Fucking everything up. Anyway, let's talk about something. Actually, Marvel's doing something that has interest me. Uh, huh? This comes. This comes from IGN. I don't know if you if you've noticed people, but we did take last week off from writing articles, so we had these... too much shit going on personally that it was just like, eh, we yeah. can't do it. You know what I had going on? I wanted to fucking sleep. That's what I had going on. No, I was working overtime, but still. <laughs> yeah, he was doing overtime. I was doing new training, so it was just like coming home from work was like, I'm fucking tired. Dude, taking a break was a godsend. There were three days in a row I didn't even turn on my computer. I know, right? Now Steve knows that's pretty dramatic. That is, yeah. Like I came in the room, turned on my computer, and I was like, when was the last time I fucking came in here? <laughs> the fucking office was locked for three days. <laughs> uh, I was pulling off fucking plastic and dusting it. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't wasn't that bad but um okay anyway as i ramble on marvel comics has unveiled uh guardians of infinity a new series featuring heroes from across three generations of guardians of the galaxy i know it sounds dope according to comicbook.com guardians of infinity will feature characters from guardians 3000 characters from the modern uh guardians like groot and rocket raccoon and a brand new team called the guardians 1000 all of the characters will team up for the series. The series is how, <laughs> how do you say that? Series is series is yeah. That sounds stupid. The series is or opening, various series would be another yeah. an easier way to do it. <laughs> um, opening story arc. Dan Abnett is writing the series with uh, from Kylo uh, Barbary. Um, each issue will feature an extra backup story. Issue number ones. I like when they do that. 
when there's like a little extra story in there. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> issues issues number one. I don't know why I'm laughing. You ever fucking you think of something funny and you start laughing, right? But then you forget what you thought of. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm getting old, man. Or uh, well, that's you know your multiple personality trying to sneak in there. Yeah, one of me thought it was funny. <laughs> Didn't let the other one know. Yeah, and the um, other one going, yeah, fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> You're on your own, dude. Uh, issue issue number ones is by Jason Latour and Jim Chung. Uh, and has Rocket Raccoon and The Thing teaming up what? on a planet where the culture is based on Earth-style professional, professional wrestling. So basically, <laughs> the backup stories are great. And, and this is something that DC actually does a lot. And, and I like when Marvel does it as well. It's almost like having a secondary storyline in a TV show. Yeah. So that you'll they'll play the first, the main story, and then that will end. And then there'll be like a maybe four or five page story after that. And it's usually something silly, yeah. like the and, thing and Rocket Raccoon on a wrestling planet. Or one, there was one comic that I was reading that had Spider Man and um, Ghost Rider. Yeah, like up stupid yeah. shit. You're like, I, what universe would that happen? <laughs> I like, I like those because they remind me of my childhood when when comics didn't always have to make sense. Right. They were just silly and having fun. So I'm definitely looking forward to this. I'm I'm interested in seeing the new team that they're creating, and then I'm loving to see some Guardians 3000. Yeah, that, uh, that actually sounds like a team. really really cool book. Yeah. I, and after fucking 45 minutes of looking for a comic book story, <laughs> I found a, a really cool – you know, I, this, is, this is an open letter to the comic book industry. Can you do more shit so I have things to talk about? Because literally it's – all it is is interviews of people talking about things that have already happened. Yeah. When you go to the news sites, I'm like, I fucking assholes. Well, that's the thing is like going into – and this is something I haven't – fully discussed with adam yet but we're gonna probably end up changing the way we do our lineup on on these shows so we won't have to specifically look for a particular story of a particular genre unless there's one that's actually like cool yeah the original (laughs) i've been i've been hinting well i'm i'm not very i'm not very fucking i don't have much finesse but i've been hinting towards steve like we should just drop the comic because not because i don't want to talk about comic it's just it's the most frustrating section like you can't. There's some weeks where there's too much to talk about, and then there's in other which weeks. case Adam doesn't see at all. Yeah, because then I see them all, and I was like, okay, he didn't. I left this like you know, I mentioned it to him, and then he moves on to something else. It's like, all right, then I'll do the story on that. Exactly. Or like I usually tend to not get to the computer until later, you know. So usually it's just Steve tells me what he's writing, and then I go, okay, I can't pick those, and then I look for shits. But um, and that's either me fucking lallygagging around or i'm just busy so originally we had these sections because what wasn't it we were we were just picking random stories but they were all like they leaned to one side because it was like i think it was movie and tv yeah and gaming or i was doing like nothing but gaming yeah it was nothing but gaming maybe a little tech here and there but this was try to give us a little more diversity but you know comic comic news really is straining like because a lot of times yeah it's Quick announcements or preview pages. There's not a whole lot in the realm of news unless you have a big event coming up, in which case you have like this one here with DC. And these news is like with DC news. Is, uh, this, these, <laughs> these news stories that like with DC having this kind of issue, that's a story. Uh, you know, but I can't put on the podcast. So we have a, I mean, like I did last week, you know, Captain America White 
uh, you can see these, you know, layout pages on. It's like kind of like, well, yeah. And we've we've both we're both victims of that where we we do it, you know, because there's nothing else to talk about. Right. You know, I did it with the Warner Brothers uh, variant Looney Tune pages. And right, shit. right, right. But I thought we could riff on that too. But yeah, um, yeah, like comics are just a pain. And then the majority of comic book news is movie news. Yeah. Even if you go to the strictly what's like it builds themselves as a big comic book site, it's all comic movie news. It's like, guys, it's like, no, we've drifted a little bit. Stop it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Moving on into technology news. This comes from The Verge. Chrome is getting more aggressive about the least popular web feature, autoplay video. Uh, I'm sure all of you know those videos where you turn to a web page, suddenly you're like, what the fuck is that? Who's talking? And then you find that little video in the corner that's talking that has nothing to do with what you're looking at. One of the best features they added to um, Google Chrome is they have that little speaker symbol on the tab. Oh, yeah. So it tells you which tab's making noise. I just fucking close it. I don't even care what's what's on it. <laughs> A new post from engineer Francis Brefort oh. laid out Chrome's new approach, which will block playback as long as the given autoplay is in a background tab. The browser will still load the video as soon as the tab is open, but it won't play until you visit the page itself, hopefully preventing the usual surprise when a late loading video starts up in the background. Under the new setup, the video won't play until you click back to the relevant tab. Notably, Chrome isn't asking user permission for the video for before the video plays. The solution many of the, many on the web have been asking for, but the loading and playback is a little bit smarter and less intrusive. It will also come with a mild performance uh, performance improvements. Simply delaying the playback won't help on the memory and security fronts, but it will help Chrome conserve power if you decide to close the tab without playing and particularly important factor for Chromebooks and mobile devices. Uh, I also heard that uh, Chrome is going to actually start, uh, what was it, blocking uh, H, uh, Flash ads? Good. And in the, if you had HTML tabs, you know, it was going to basically show those, but it was going to, one more nail into the uh, coffin of Flash. The worst fucking ads like i don't mind ads on a page i really don't i understand that everyone's got to fucking pay the rent bill all right you know what i mean but the full page ads oh god two two ads i hate full page ads or ads that have audio without asking me first yes fuck you yeah like that's not right especially if i got headphones on or something and then all of a sudden boom like what yeah. the fuck well, not your damn mind yeah and that's the thing and i, I was listening to uh a, a tech co- podcast that was talking about um uh ads and this particular one the auto plays and they were saying you know and i and yeah like adam and i both agree everybody's got to pay the bills yeah you, you've got to play, pay these bills you you know we, we have all of these things and that's how a lot of companies it's nice to think of this utopian wonderland where everyone can just do things for free but that doesn't right. it doesn't work that exactly way. exactly <laughs> it doesn't it, it it's it doesn't happen it's never gonna happen and the fact of the matter is, is because ads have gotten so intrusive and gotten so big where you get those autoplays or and, and especially with mobile devices. And they were saying that until like a couple of people stopped using their web browser, 
to look at shit online because until you can actually get an extension that blocks out splash page ads because nothing's worse and and i see this all the time on lunch when i go to lunch and i'm on facebook and go oh i want to check out the story you hit on it you get to read like the first two lines and then suddenly this big splash ad comes and you're on a touch screen so you have to hit that ad right in the exact spot in order to close it or if you hit it in the wrong spot it takes you all the way to that website and 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 so it, it's really that issue of they've gotten so intrusive, they've gotten so big, and many nine times out of ten, it has nothing to do with what you want, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so for a lot of people, it's that catch twenty two. I understand they need those ads, but if ads weren't intrusive like that, I think we could find that happy medium. It's okay. I don't care if you have the little ad in the corner of the pages, you know, and you know, along the sides, you know, the side windows and stuff like that. That's fine. But when I go to a website, I shouldn't have to hear it. It shouldn't autoplay for me. And two, it shouldn't cover up the entire content. Or I have to sit for 15 seconds for that content to pass, like a fucking YouTube video. There's a new one now, too. I've, I've been going to, like, to, to, like, blogs or whatever to read it, read something. And I have to do a quiz Oh yeah, or something before I'm. I just leave. I'm yeah, like, fuck I'm, you. yeah, fuck you. I'm out. But it doesn't matter. They already got the hit. Yeah, they got the hit, but they didn't get the completion. Yeah, and so it it's it's that kind of shit that bothers me, and we have to find that happy medium to just to get rid of it, you know? Because I understand you need to pay the bills, but you don't have to be so. Don't be a dick about it. Right. It's like, because sometimes I'm like, I look at it and I go, did I just catch a virus? You know, it's like, you remember the IT, the IT crowd? Yeah. When she's got so many bugs on her, she's got all these flashing pop-up ads all over her screen. <laughs> if this was a human being, I would put a bullet in its brain. And the sad part is, is you really only have to understand basic psychology to know those ads are not going to work. Yeah. Like if you shove something in somebody, someone's face the immediate reaction is to get rid of it, not right. to read it. Right, because nine times out of ten, most of the people that come to that are never going to come back to that site again. Nope. No, I, I know. Sp- I know. I won't. Yeah. Sites like that, I don't. I can't rock with them. Like IGN, you could say a lot about IGN. IGN has a lot of ads, fine, but they're not that bad. I mean, they do have full page ads, but they're kind of like they're mellow. I they don't. It's not like a bam. They kind of like phase in. Yeah, And then you can immediately close them because a lot of these sites, they'll have a full page ad and then it won't give you the X yeah. for like 10 seconds. So yeah. you're like forced to look at it. I purposely look away like, nope, I'm not fucking yeah. reading my, it. My favorite is those bright blue with the big white shaky lettering that comes on there. And you're just like, fuck you, go away. A lot of times I'll just go back and just like if I especially if a, if a web page, you know, uh, place that I go to does uh i like on facebook i unlike them for that reason yeah no i don't blame you it's it's just no (laughs) that's all i can say because it prevents me from actually looking at a lot of stuff on my phone and just going to my pc because i have ad blocker yeah and then you get those nice little messages that some say hey you're using ad blocker but you know what it's kind of cutting into our it's like well then don't put all this shit that's going to make me that's going to make my reading experience Un- unha- uh, it's gonna make me unhappy and not go back to your site again. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Tell me. You, you don't get that on lazygeeks.com. No, you don't. That's because no one wants to buy ad space. But 
But if we did, it'd be obnoxious and loud and so intrusive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guarantee you, if we ever Quizzes did ads. beyond belief. <laughs> if we ever did ads, I can make this a promise. If we ever did ads on our site, which would be great, they would never go beyond being a sidebar. Oh, yeah. It, I would never make a, a website I wouldn't want to go to. Exactly. You know, fuck that. What's that By the difference? way, um, our email, thegeeks at thelinksgeeks.com for ad opportunities. <laughs> Anyway, um, so all you porn websites, the geeks at the lazy I'll fucking advertise. That. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Kim Kardashian does a lot of jiggle and <laughs> click here to find out more. No, no clickbait bullshit. <laughs> and Kim Kardashian is fucking useless. <laughs> Has to be something useful. So like anything <laughs> other than Kim Kardashian. Troy. <laughs> oh, no, Counselor Troy is fucking PhD level. Young Kim Kardashian. Oh, yeah. We can talk about that for a while, but I don't want to. <laughs> Actually, I will say this. Yesterday, there was a Kim Kardashian article on three – count them, Steve. Three different websites. Um, and it was the same article over and over. I was like, oh, my God. What's happening? Huh? Like it gets to the point where I'm like, fine, and I yeah. click on it. Um, it's She's pregnant, which is great. Congratulations. Um, her tits are getting bigger. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. So now, so, now they match her ass. <laughs> I was like, so she's a woman? Right. I was like, who's pregnant? Oh, who's pregnant, by the way? And her tits are getting bigger. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, they're nice. But I'm just saying, you know, like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> Whatever. And she's probably going to do a nude spread with being pregnant or something. Right. Just to make that money. Anyway, let's talk about Mars. Um, let's continue that conversation. That's right. The Florida Institute of Technology has established the Buzz Aldrin Space Institute at the university, and it will be promoting the settlement of Mars. Uh, Buzz Aldrin, part of the Apollo 11 moon landing. And if you didn't know that before I told you, please read a book. Yeah. Stop listening point. to this podcast right now. No, seriously. And then yeah. get back. <laughs> get your shit together. Right. Evaluate your life. <laughs> Um, he said that he is, quote, thrilled to be uh, partnering with FIT, F-I-T, Florida Institute of Technology, um, adding that FIT. Trademark. <laughs> adding that FIT will play a key role in my ongoing legacy and cycling pathways to occupy Mars. You ain't seeing nothing yet. Oh, Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. I love Buzz Aldrin because he punched out that reporter. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck going to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> fucking knock that reporter on his ass. Um, the Buzz Aldrin Space Institute will be supporting, quote, commercial and international development of lunar resources to support an eventual Mars settlement. This is the part that I wanted to get into. Um, according to Florida's Tech's, uh, Florida Tech's website, uh, Cycling Pathways to Occupy Mars. By the way, that's a name, Cycling Pathways to Occupy Mars. That's why it's it, it, people are probably like, what the fuck are you talking about? You got a bike there? Um, <laughs> yeah, I got my Schwinn ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Uh, is a concept of progressive missions to cis lunar space, which is the sphere within the moon's orbit. Um, asteroids, Phobos, uh, one of Mars's moons, and eventually to Mars itself. Aldrin has been planning missions to Mars since 1985 with a concept known as the Aldrin Mars Cycler, a, quote, spacecraft system with perpetual cycling orbits uh, between Earth and Mars. In another blah, 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 fuck you. Um... <laughs> Articles from my IGM, by the way. Thank you. Uh, this is this is something I wanted to get. A lot of people like 
Buzz Aldrin actually has a very interesting plan, and it it kind he's one of the people that kind of aligns with how I see this playing out successfully, where he wants to start at the shortest distance and then jump to the next and then jump to the next with Mars being the end game. Um, NASA currently, and they could, I mean, they could do it. Uh, they just want to go straight to fucking Mars. Like, you know, Mars or bust, (laughs) (laughs) which is fine, I guess. But I, I feel that the moon is, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast before the moon one is closer so you can still be semi-Earth dependent and you can have a contingency plan for if you need to evacuate. Um, it only takes two to three days right. between the two. Um, and his idea of having – and it, this was a very interesting idea to me where you have a, a craft that is constantly going from Earth to Mars. And if you want to go or there needs to be a uh, – a shipment or something then you just when it comes around fucking attach it and i mean how they would work that out math wise i don't know but if they could that would be great and i've always i've always thought too that if we had a successful base on the moon we could do launches from there um with the advent of 3d printing um i'm hearing some people saying that the possibility of using uh martian or i'm sorry lunar um resources and you could be three 3D printing fucking spaceships and shit yeah. in the future and just do everything from the moon. I mean, it's I mean, that's we should be utilizing the moon. And I feel a lot of people skip over like, oh, we've already been there. Well, that's great. You know, right. well, yeah. we're just going to stand on it and then leave. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we have this we have this 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 landmass that I see every fucking night that <laughs> nobody uses and nobody wants to talk about. You know, so I think um we're missing opportunities if we don't capitalize on that. And I think there is some NASA plans for it, but I understand Mars is more romantic. So they have to get the population on board. You know, I don't know why Mars is more, maybe because it's a planet or something. I don't know. Well, yeah, you get a lot of people who, you know, sit there and say like, we have people here that are, you know, starving and homeless. Why should we spend it to go to to Mars and shit? Well, and I get that I get that 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 line of reasoning, but you could very easily say, you know, we have people with troubles. You know, let's skip back a few hundred years. We have people with troubles in in Europe. Why are you fucking spending money to go across the ocean? Like it's it's a human desire of exploration, you know. And and also, pretty much every scientist that gives a fuck about this shit has said, if we stay on Earth. Things are going to get bad. We need to learn how to mine resources from other areas. We need to learn how to um, exist in other areas outside of Earth. Because let's be honest, we're outgrowing this planet very quickly. Oh, yeah. You know, and and I know it sounds like science fiction and it sounds like, oh, whatever, fucking, you know, you're a Star Trek geek. It's not that, though. We're so close to that point. That we're close to – in 100 years, this planet could be fucked. It just yeah. really depends on what happens. And if we don't start making moves and, – and NASA is. NASA's making moves. ESA as well. I don't want to – I don't want to outshine um, – uh, fuck, even India. I was very impressed with their their uh, Martian – they went fucking balls deep. They just fucking <laughs> – like <laughs> one of the first things they did. And they just recently – they were sending some images back and, 
and they did that shit on a fucking shoestring budget too. Yep. So it's um, it's an exciting time right now, and, and China's involved as well. But they're kind of, you know, they're hush hush about a lot of what they're doing. Right. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But I I just think everybody needs to get on board with the fucking moon. I'm with Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. I also would have punched out that fucking reporter. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. Keeping it real. That's right. All right. So in this douchebag existence we call life, uh, there are moments when humanity does something that's simply epic. And we this is a spot we call hashtag epic. I decided to actually look for a, an epic story this week, given that we're going out for the season. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of douchebags and we cover a lot of them. Uh, through the course of our uh, our time on the show. So I thought maybe it might be good to kind of find something positive. And this actually, this week's hashtag epic is Google. I'm going to read this story, which comes from informationweek.com. Imagine working to solve a problem on for your current project, and the process helps you land a new job. This is what happened to at least one new Googler, Max Rosset. Rosset was working on a project for his master's degree in computer science at Georgia Tech when he Googled Python Lambda Function List Comprehension. And he was startled by an invitation to a challenge. The, the challenge led to a job at Google. The surprising thing is that Rosset didn't immediately assume it was malware. He can check, you can check out the picture of the invitation there on the site. The, the usual Google search results spit open, uh, split open to reveal a black bar that said, you're speaking our language, up for a challenge. It was a wonder it didn't ask him if he wanted to play a game for the Monocular War. Do you want to play, play a game? game? <laughs> exactly. Rosset clicked on it, and it took him to a site called foo.bar, which <laughs> foobar, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which so, <laughs> which somewhat reassuringly has a Google address foo uh, foo.bar put Rosette through a series of challenges. He had 48 hours to solve each set of challenges. For two weeks, Rosette uh, Rosette solved the challenges without any promise of a job offer or without knowing anything about what was uh, happening to him. Which is the perfect kind of person you want. Somebody who doesn't go. Well, what do I get out of this? I go. Ooh. I'm doing it because it's out. fun. Yeah, I need yeah. to figure this out. He enjoyed the exercises. After two weeks of solving challenges, Russ had received an email from a recruiter asking for a resume. After that, a slightly more uh, more normal recruiting process happened, and Rosset is looking forward to his new job. In many ways, this is nothing new uh, for the tech industry. Such companies have been hiring people who solve puzzles and challenges for quite some time. This is new and a bit strange was that Google reached out rather, than an, uh, rather anonymously via search results. On one level, it's a random way to get people to try challenges. And if the New York Yankees recruiting, uh, recruited employees by targeting those who searched infield fly rule or an, accounting, <laughs> or an accounting firm recruiting workers from a pool of people who searched for uh, amortized deductions, uh, it's, not only a good th uh, it's not only about getting the search items right. It's to find the right person who's willing to click on an un unexpected pop-up in, is in a position to drop whatever else they're working on to check out the pop-up. Has 48 hours starting the very minute the work on the challenge, uh, the very minute to work on the challenge, and has two weeks to more to uh, keep trying new challenges, all to finally get a re uh, to the res uh, resume stage. As I say, the resume stage, uh, the <laughs> stage. It's certainly a way to attract people 
with an inborn curiosity and willingness to investigate unusual things and no fear of malware. Google has a reputation for liking those kinds of people, so maybe it's, a, it's the right way to attract Google's kind of person. Um, I thought that was cool. I think it's cool because it, it's um, it sounds like a movie, right? It really does. It's it, it really is like you know, it, it's the last Starfighter. Yeah, is really what it is, and I, I thought this was actually a really cool move. And I heard about this over the, uh, in this last week, and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I, I kind of like that, especially for a company that you know, it's like, well, how do we find our own right people? Well, maybe we give them a series of challenges. If they fix it, then you know, we'll at least meet with them. You know, right. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, if, I I hadn't even heard about that until you started talking about it. <laughs> it would have tripped me out. <laughs> like you're just googling something, and then all of a sudden, wrong. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like I found the I found a back door into the universe right now. Oh my god, is this the real life Ready Player One? What the? <laughs> I was just thinking that too. Yeah. Suddenly, you take a piece of tape, put it over your webcam. You know, <laughs> you're, yeah. you're right there just in case. <laughs> all of a, all of a sudden, it's asking you like, um, in what was the top grossing video game in 1987? You're like, what? <laughs> just crazy shit. But yeah. um, yeah, it was really cool. And, and and honestly, if you think about it, it's it's so perfectly finds the right candidate for that job. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so it, it really does, and it and I think it's also kind of cool for because you're finding people that not are doing it for money. Because if you say, oh yeah, if you solve this, you get, and then more people will do it. But if you're having people that are doing it simply because of the challenge, mm -hmm. you know, as as they used to say, you know, the the old American spirit is why not, you know, exactly. and 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 now it's become well, what do I get out of it? And I I thought this was a really really cool little test and just a really fun little thing uh to get a job so hey you know sometimes it pays but then somebody came over the back the the other side of like so they do monitor your search results dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's always a negative and everything i know there's always that one they're like so they do say fuck that shit i'm using fucking uh bing <laughs> <laughs> troll alert <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you'd like to recommend a hashtag epic for the podcast, please go ahead and send it to us at the lazy at uh, Twitter at the lazy geeks. Uh, one word using the hashtag epic. So if you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast because once you subscribe, you'll automatically receive all our podcast content, two shows twice a week, even while we're on vacation. We have all the shows laid out for you. So we make it extremely easy for you guys. I mean, any easier than we would go over there and subscribe for you. Yeah, you need me to go over and click the button for you. Yeah, you know, because it's too I got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. I can't do it. Don't worry. We got this. You come, come pick me up. Yeah. <laughs> the uber of liking our own right. shit. <laughs> maybe grab me something to eat too yeah. for my troubles i'm just saying yeah. you know while you're coming over you know bring some sandwiches right <laughs> don't be fucking around right right um all right so but that's none also, of my business though <laughs> that's none of my business um also we love comments you know let us know what's going on uh itunes comments would be nice you, uh, can, you also can leave comments on stitcher i found that out this week oh okay stitcher comments let's do that too um and wherever you get the show i mean there's fucking a thousand different places to get podcasts um and if if the current re way you're getting the show doesn't let you 
leave comments, do not use that. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and also the RSS feed from the website. You can leave comments directly on the lazygeeks.com. Yeah. And if you have ideas, topics for the show, don't be afraid to share them with us. Uh, also, you can hit us up. Uh, you can leave those ideas and comments on all our various social media uh, avenues, Facebook slash the lazy geeks, Twitter at the lazy geeks, Instagram at the lazy geeks, Google plus the lazy geeks, Snapchat, the lazy geeks. Also, uh, we do have a vine, which I'm going to start trying to make shit up for. So the lazy geeks, you know, it. it's all fucking friendster, the lazy geeks, yeah, you know, MySpace, the lazy geeks, ICQ, the lazy geeks, <laughs> ah, ICQ, and you Coffee can hit us serve lazy geeks. I was going to say, yeah, you can hit us up on copyserve.net. We got an AOL chat room, Lazy Geeks. <laughs> also on Yahoo Messenger, Lazy Geeks. Lazy Geeks. <laughs> oh, man. Beg it. I got a fucking, uh, I, got a, I got a news group. Hit up. <laughs> no. um, one technology that's always stood the test of time. Good old email. Yep. Uh, the geeks at the lazy Send us a message. Let us know. Hey, we love you, man. Yeah. And that, and 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 we appreciate those. We do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little personal. <laughs> Hello, is it me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. <laughs> All right, that is it for this season of the Lazy Geeks podcast. Don't forget, we got a very special surprise episode for you guys uh not going to tell you which show it's for you have to tune in on friday to check it out then that will be the last of the original podcast until october so until we see you back in october uh peace out This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.